So I want to talk a little bit about um, our family style, our Soto family style. Um, it uh, might even be a particular uh, uh, family style of our Suzuki Roshi lineage, but um, uh, it's a it's an important piece of our practice. Uh, this family style of ours, uh, feeling like uh, we're part of the whole works, uh, just like just like a family. And um, uh, the first thing that came to my mind when I was thinking of family style is our sewing practice. I'm uh, sewing uh, another rakasu. Uh, so my old rakasu won't wear out. I can, I can, uh, I can go from one to the other if I've got a couple of rakasus. So I'm sewing a another rakasu under the tutelage of our sewing teacher, Reverend Jean Bush, who uh, has really taken on this practice of sewing completely. And uh, and and that. That sewing practice, uh, even though it's uh, uh, probably centuries old, um, uh, really was taken up with real gusto uh, in the early Suzuki Roshi family days in San Francisco. Uh, a, a sewing teacher from Japan came and lived in San Francisco and passed on the, the sewing tradition there and uh, I, I think in 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 uh, all the Suzuki lineage, sewing is a, a hand sewing our robes is a, a big feature. Some some Soto lineages, maybe because they don't have a sewing teacher, or or it it, um, it wasn't. Uh, uh, focused on in the early years, um, don't make their own robes, don't make their rakasus or their okesa, but um, certainly in the Suzuki Roshi lineage we do. And so uh, Jean has a couple of, of sewing classes each month and a group gathers there and we all have our tables and we set up our lighting and pull out our scissors and pins and 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 uh, try to get settled in and uh, uh, somewhere soon we're uh, we're pretty settled in in our sewing stitch by stitch I take refuge in Buddha I take refuge in Buddha and uh, and uh, stitch by stitch and uh, and uh, uh, piece by piece, uh, it's it's a miracle, but but the robe comes together in a short time or a long time. It's it's uh, we don't apply those. Uh, Ziggy says uh, yes, that's Chuck sewing right now. Uh, uh, he's sewing right now. It, it doesn't. It sometimes it takes a long time or a short time, but we don't we don't attribute long and short to sewing. It's one of those. Um, one of those um, 
those Buddhist activities that don't have qualifiers. It is just sowing, and uh, and we do it uh, we do it with our whole bodies and our whole minds, and um, it's definitely part of our family style. Uh, at the Rohatsu Sashin uh, uh, that we we modified for COVID uh, just last month, we we put in a uh, one Oriyoki breakfast each morning. And it was so nice to um, get back into Oriyoki. We hadn't done it for two years. And uh, some of us had done it for uh, in the past for years and years. And, and you know, it, it, it gets back into your fingers and it's back into your body. But there's a few things that, uh, that, uh, you kind of forget and go, oh no, this is how it's done. And then there's some people that uh, were there brand new. And, uh, you know, at the beginning, we we sit down on our cushions and we have to push the cushions uh, against the wall to give us a, a good meal board, enough room on the meal board. And um, there's a little wiggling until we can settle in for the for the long meal and then the, the meal board, the cleaning of the meal board comes along. And um, even, even though there were brand new people there, um, at some point we're just eating. And at some point we were cleaning our bowls. And at some point we're folding up the bowls. And uh, I always think at the end of, of each meal that this is a remarkable way to eat your meal and do your own dishes right there at your seat. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful tradition. <coughs> and uh, it too, I think is, uh, is uh, a, a very solid piece of our family style, learning to, to uh, iron the cloths of our Oriyoki sets uh, that surround our bowls, learning to do all the folding. Um, it, uh, it really has stayed with us and makes, makes me feel at home every time I open up that um, Oriyoki set. And then just last Saturday, we had our work day, our Sangha day, we call it, uh, where we're taking care of the temple and the temple grounds. A few of us were inside the zendo um, doing the, the cleaning, pulling out the platforms and doing a dusting and, and wet mop behind the platforms and then wet mopping the floors, um, dusting the cushions that are stored underneath um, most of the time. Uh, and then another big group was, was outside doing the gardening and doing some outdoor repairs. Um, one of our benches that, that's uh, outside uh, in the patio, uh, those benches, uh, Jean and I decided were about 25 years old. They're um, aging well but uh, it needed some repair. 
and uh, one of those got uh, got thoroughly fixed. And uh, and that's a, a big part of our tradition, our family style, taking care of the grounds, supporting each other by making sure we have a comfortable and um, available place to sit um, each day. Um, uh, supporting each other's practice by taking care of the, of the grounds. Um, I was looking at, um, at uh, uh, branching streams flow in the darkness and Mel Weitzman does the introduction and he talks about the early days of this family. Patrick, Patrick, Patrick your voice going away. In my back. Patrick, your voice is going away. Closer router. Am I back now? Okay. There's a few thumbs up, but but actually, Gene, you're frozen now. Um, uh, who's zooming who? As uh, we once sang, we once danced. Are you back, Gene? Okay. Well, I'll I'll uh, I'll keep reading as long as I've got a few thumbs up. I'll I'll keep reading. Okay, good, good. Um, Mel Weitzman talks about the early days at Tassajara in the sixties. In 1969 at Tasahara, the students and Suzuki Roshi built the stone kitchen with great care. Although there was much to be done, Suzuki Roshi was never in a hurry. He was centered both in balance and in time. He always gave me the feeling that he was completely within the activity of the moment. He would take the time to do everything thoroughly. One day he showed me how to wash one of my robes, inching around the entire perimeter using the part held in one hand to scrub the part held in the other until the whole thing was finally finished. One time he said, in America, you have a saying to kill two birds with one stone, but our way is to kill just one bird with one stone. So Suzuki was talking about this family style of uh, being thoroughly and completely engaged in the activity of the moment, making sure we're just killing one bird with one stone. Mel Weitzman goes on to say, Zen was sitting meditation, but it was also serving the meals and doing the work. This combination gave the practice a feeling of wholesomeness. 
And of course, in my mind, I want to say wholeness, this combination of serving and work practice gave the feeling of wholeness along with the sitting. We were in the mountains building this monastery with our hands. We felt gratitude towards this place and each other, as well as toward the people that were supporting our efforts. We also felt that we were doing something for others, not just ourselves. So these are the very beginnings of the Suzuki Roshi family style, being thoroughly engaged with the activities of this moment. Just like in our sewing practice, just like in our Sangha day practice, and just like in our Oriyoki practice thoroughly engaged in the activity, part of our family style. Dogen has another slant on this family style. He called it miracles. And Dogen wrote a fascicle that he called miracles or mystical powers. It was the thinking that an enlightened being had magical powers. They could, uh, they could sew a robe in just a long weekend. That's a pretty magical power. Um, and, uh, but uh, uh, Dogen, Dogen really wanted us to know that, um, that these magical powers this is what Nishijima says about the magical powers. In the case of Buddhist magical powers, magical does not mean supernatural, but our real life. And, uh, and Dogen quotes Layman Pang, in this uh, fascicle called mystical powers or miracles. He quotes Layman Pang saying, mystical powers are carrying water and lugging firewood. We've all heard that. Mystical powers are nothing other than the very life we lead um, done completely done thoroughly, done with all of our awareness, done with the whole universe supporting us. Dogen starts this fascicle, Miracles, with this line. Miracles are the tea and meals of Buddhists. We do 84,000 miracles in the morning and 800 miracles at night. So uh, these miracles of our life is just a hearty breakfast, preparing our hearty breakfast 
and enjoying our breakfast. That's at least a, a thousand miracles. And, uh, and then another 800 miracles um, leading our lives at night. Just our everyday activities are miracles. One activity completely engaged in one activity after another, 84,000 in the morning, 800 at night. Dogen gives another, another example that I like on these miracles. Our family style. Nothing but the tea and meals of Buddhists, these miracles. One day the teacher, Guishan, was lying down in his room and his student, Yangshan Weijer, came to see him. Guishan, the teacher, greeted him formally. Yangshan, the student, said, I am your student. Please don't be so formal. Guishan started to get up and his student Yangshan rose to leave. But the teacher said, Weijer, Yangshan. And Yangshan returned. Guishan said, let me tell you about my dream. Yangshan leaned forward to listen. Guishan, the teacher said simply, would you interpret my dream for me? I want to see how you do it. So the teacher was, was asking his student, Yangshan, to maybe uh, perform a mystical power, maybe to do a miracle by interpreting his dream. And the way Yangshan did it, in response to this question, or this uh, request, Yangshan brought, brought in a basin of water and a towel. The teacher, Guishan, washed his face and sat up. Then another monk came in. That monk said, I just happened to overhear you at the door. And the teacher said, why don't you, why don't you give it a try? Why don't you try to interpret my dream for me? And the second student made a bowl of tea and brought it to all three of them. The teacher praised both of them saying, you two are surpassing even Shariputra and Madhgalyayana uh, with your miraculous activities. These were two of Buddha's uh, uh, first disciples who were said to have miracles because they were such enlightened being. So, so the teacher said, show me a miracle. And they served tea. The teacher said, show me a miracle. And uh, one of them brought a basin of water so the teacher could wash up. Um, these are the miracles of our family style. The, the daily activities one after another that we engaged in, engage in with such, such 
thoroughness. Dogen says, when we study Guishan's miracles, each was extraordinary, beginning with the formal greeting, with the getting up, with the calling out of the name, with the talking about the dream, with the washing the face and sitting up. The student leaned forward and listened. That was a miracle and brought a basin of water and a towel. The teacher then described this as, Weezer and I have been sharing miracles. And Dogen then finishes saying, please study these miracles. Study your life. Um, uh, participate in your life with vigor. Um, as uh, Uchiyama uh, has said, can we vigorously participate in each moment? So, um, so um, enlightened beings were thought to have six special powers. Um, X-ray vision, uh, supernatural hearing, shape shifting, the usual, the usual superpowers. There's a few more. Um, uh, mind reading, mind reading was a popular one. Um, knowing your past lives, um, and. Uh, the most boring superpower was, was being able to end excesses, like, you know, maybe leaving Thanksgiving dinner before dessert. Is that what that means? That maybe would be a superpower. Um, but maybe, maybe I'll start with that one and uh, work myself up to shape-shifting. But those were the traditional six... Um, superpowers of, the, of an enlightened being. Um, but Dogen wants us to know that he thinks, he thinks that the six powers are a little different. He was actually quoting a Chinese uh, Zen teacher by saying uh, with this one. But the six types of superpowers, the six types of miracles of a Buddha are different. A Buddha enters forms, sounds, smells, tastes, touchables, and objects of mind, and is not confused by them. So those are our Buddhist um, superpowers. We don't get confused by the objects of our senses. And all these objects which are marked with empty, emptiness, a Buddha is free of conditions. Even having a body of the five skandhas accompanied by desire, a Buddha does not depend on everything, on anything. A Buddha practices miracles that are grounded on the earth. You might 
you might ask yourself. I mean, I think this is a good description of our of our Buddhist practice, how we can be grounded on this earth and practice the mind of emptiness. Um, practice holding things lightly. Practice, uh, practice picking up a book and saying, uh, this is the whole universe. Um, can I appreciate the whole universe of this book? Can I appreciate all that I see as the universe of awareness? Um, this is how we might um, start studying the miracles of our life, holding the objects of our senses a little, a little, a little more lightly, um, not landing on them, not, not getting a fixed idea about what is this or what is that, or who is this or who is that. I think that's the hardest one. Um, who, uh, who is this? Who is that? I'm holding it lightly, being able to see the whole universe wherever we, wherever we, wherever we look. Suzuki Roshi calls this big mind, holding things completely, holding the whole works but not holding them tightly. This is, this is the practice of not being confused by the objects of our senses. And this is the way Dogen says, study the miracles in your life. Study things, hold things lightly. And that's the way to study miracles. So maybe we can take a break now for um, a few announcements, and then those those who can stay um, to appreciate uh, the miracles in their life, uh, uh, maybe maybe uh, we can appreciate uh, the last uh, six hundred miracles um, that we're going to be performing this evening together. So thank you all. Beings are numberless, I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible, I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless, I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable, I vow to become it.